1: Welcome to the KFAX Ministry of the Week. Each week we highlight a local ministry that is impacting the community in Jesus' name. Our hope is to connect you to a ministry in which you can grow and serve in Christ's kingdom. And now your host for the Ministry of the Week, Craig Roberts.
2: On today's edition of the program, a gentleman that is certainly no stranger to the KFAX audience. He has had a presence on this radio station for many, many years and a fixture in Bay Area ministry as he serves as the Senior Pastor of Destiny Christian Fellowship and the host of Destined for Victory, heard Monday through Friday at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. Pleased to have join us today in studio, Pastor Paul Shepard. Pastor Shepard, great to see you.
1: Thanks, Craig. It's always good to be with you and to be part of what you're doing here at KFAX, one of my favorite stations in all of America. That's really true, and I love the opportunity to be with you. You read that just the
2: way I wrote it all, but (laughs) be sure to give you the 20 bucks later
1: on. Hey, this year you've got a couple of
2: major milestones taking place in your life and your ministry 35 years in pulpit ministry, and come May, 35 years of marriage to your lovely wife, Meredith. Congratulations.
1: Thank you so much. That's right. I started in vocational ministry in 1982. And that was the same year I started in vocational ministry as an associate pastor in my home church, no less. I became the associate pastor where my dad was the senior pastor, and it was the church I grew up in. So I became the associate pastor of people who taught me in Sunday school. I call it a baptism by fire. That's (laughs) the way to start your ministry. Let people who have known you all your life. Uh, try Try to impress them and see how that works out, and that's how I got started in 1982 in March of that year. And then in May, May 1st of 1982, I married Meredith, and that was the greatest decision I made since accepting Christ as my Savior. She is a godsend, and it is an honor to be coming up on our 35th wedding anniversary. This all began back in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's right. That was my hometown. Uh, Meredith and her family, she was a teenager when her family joined my dad's church, and she joined our youth group, and we did various outings together, and we found ourselves dating. And through a long process, because I wasn't convinced I needed to date one person as a teenager, I dated as many folks as I could, frankly, but she was still hanging around. And by my early 20s, when I realized, you know what, I better start thinking about getting married. I couldn't get her off of my mind. And Craig, I just have to be honest with you and your audience. I married up and I married (laughs) above my pay grade, but that was a great, great blessing because through thick and thin, she's been with me. And to this day, she uh, walks with me in the ministry here at Destiny Christian Fellowship. Such an honor to be her husband, such an honor to have her as a life partner. Tell us the story
2: of God's calling on your life, particularly directing you into the ministry. You mentioned about the fact that you were raised in the church. You're a PK, a preacher's kid. Uh, we know that typically a lot of PKs end up going in the absolute opposite direction, maybe as a black sheep for a while coming back in. I think of Franklin Graham, who went and wandered, <laughs> right. got involved in liquor and motorcycles and all of that before he repented, and and of course now is running the ministry that his father, Billy Graham. Graham, founded back in the 1950s. But that sense of calling, um, when did you feel as if this was something more than just showing up at church because that's what dad wanted you to do? Well, I
1: found out early on that the Lord's hand was on me to share good news with then young people. So when I was a young, when I was a teenager, uh, I began to be invited to speak at youth meetings, and I would tell folks, well, I'm not a preacher. My dad's the preacher, but, you know, I'd love to share with you my own testimony of of coming to, to know Christ here in my early life. And, and so I started doing that. Next thing I know, I found myself being invited to speak at, like, youth weekends at churches. And one of the real milestones happened when I think I was about 16, and I did a youth weekend at a church in Kansas City. Friday night, Saturday we had a few sessions, a couple of sessions, and then Sunday morning the pastor asked me to speak because he was making it a youth emphasis in his morning service. I said to him, well, sir, I'm not a preacher. I said, so I, I can't do anything on Sunday morning. That's for preachers. He said, no, I've made it a youth service, and I'll just bill you as the youth speaker all weekend long, and I'll make sure I never use the word preacher when you're doing that. I said, okay, good. I, I'll come and do it. And the funny thing is, uh, when I got to Kansas City that Friday to start that weekend, he had several uh, Christian youth in his church, but most of them were not saved. By the time we ended the Sunday morning service, every young person in that church had given his or her life to Christ. So the pastor is driving me to the airport, Kansas City Airport, Sunday afternoon, and at a certain point, he stopped and shook his finger, looked at me and said, I don't care what you call yourself, you are a preacher, and the quicker you accept it, the better off you'll be, and that was when I began thinking, okay, maybe I'll have to do this, but at least I won't be a pastor. That's what I won't do, so I'll speak sometimes, (laughs) but I definitely don't want to be a pastor. That's my dad's job, and I fought. I was in college at the University of Pennsylvania, still trying not to be a preacher or a pastor, but by then, I was sensing the Holy Spirit was saying, "You can do this the easy way or the hard way." And uh, finally, I surrendered. I majored in religious studies and started preparing myself for ministry.
2: Was there ever a point in those early formative days that you thought, "What am I doing here?" Uh, the sense of, of of wandering ever ever uh, uh,
1: impact your thinking. For me, uh, to be honest, because I love the Lord since um, my early life, I had to learn. All of my lessons, even the ones learned through disobedience and all that, I learned in the Christian life. You know, a lot of times you hear people testify about how hard their life was in sin, and then I came to Jesus. And they kind of give you the impression that all the sin is in their past and all the victory was since they met the Lord. I don't have that testimony because I got saved so young, all my mess-ups have been after I walked with Christ. But here's the good news. I found out I learned more about Christ, that he doesn't want to just seal the deal, close the deal of getting people saved. Too often, I think, the church uses salvation as the end. But to tell you the truth, that's when we begin the real journey of growth. That's when we begin often the real journey of learning how sinful we are and can be. We have to learn how to walk in obedience. And so all of those lessons, for me, were learned after I said yes to Jesus Christ, but I'm so glad it's been a journey. In fact, that's why my church is called Destiny. Christian Fellowship, because I've come to learn we are all on our way to a, a destiny that God himself has committed to getting us to. He said, I began the good work in you, and I'm going to bring it all the way to completion. And ladies and gentlemen, you are not complete. You're nowhere near complete until God says so. So plan to enjoy the journey and walk with Jesus every step of the way.
2: Is it a mistake when sometimes we think that unless someone has had a, a, a Saul a soul on the road to Damascus experience, that somehow, and by that I mean a background of uh, wonderlust and sin and all of this, and then when somebody gets saved because they were a former member of the mafia or what have you, think, wow, what a spectacular testimony. <laughs> but then I think to myself, like in your case... There's no less of a testimony to say, look at what God has kept me from and brought me through in my relationship with the Lord that goes back to my my formative years, you know, the preteen years, whatever the case might be. To me, that's as powerful a testimony as I suddenly lost my sight
1: and met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. I agree with you wholeheartedly. We need all of the different types of testimonies. We should not despise any of them. We need the people who were saved out of the mafia. We need uh, one of the young men I discipled early in my, as an associate pastor, was a young man who was a gangbanger in Philly, and he had a big reputation uh, for that kind of lifestyle. He got saved, really fell in love with Jesus, so I would take him around in my early days of preaching. He would drive me there, and I was kind of discipling him. And I'll never forget one time I said, you know, I have a young man here with me. I'm just going to let him share a little bit of his testimony before I end this message. And I'm going to throw open the lifeline, let, let people come to Christ. And so he came up unpolished and he told him a little bit about his life and the gangs and all that. And he said, so the bottom line is, all you suckers need to get saved. And I thought, that is the coolest altar call I've ever seen. And sure enough, a bunch of people came to the altar. I don't know if they were scared or they were convicted, but they came. And it is good to see how God uses all of us, no matter what we've come out of, that Christ is the answer. Pastor Paul
2: Shepard in studio with us today. Of course, he is Senior Pastor of Destiny Christian Fellowship, located in the city of Fremont. You can get more information, by the way, on the web at Destiny Bay Area org. That's DestinyBayArea.org His broadcast, Destined for Victory, heard weekdays at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX and we'll tell you more about that coming up a little bit later on in our conversation. I want to come back to a remark you made, that sense of being real and in some respects, I think raw in front of the Lord. Oftentimes, there is a... a a mindset within Christendom that says that we have to follow a certain pattern of behavior to the public in a fashion in which we're almost trying to impress people. And I and I wonder if sometimes in that effort to try and and conform with expectations of, of of public behavior that sometimes um, we therefore don't allow ourselves to be real or genuine. Not only with each other, but but most importantly, we fail to be genuine with the Lord. It's almost as if we put on our church mask right. on Sundays, and then we have our Monday through Friday work mask. And if we're on the crazy party side, we put on our party mask <laughs> on Saturdays. So That's then right. we become like almost like multiple personalities.
1: That's right, and I think that's such a shame. And one of the things I want to see more and more of us in the body of Christ adopt is the attitude that going to church is really like taking your empty car to the filling station. You go, just fill up. It is where you drive after that that really counts. Church is not the place to try to pretend to be. Uh, perfect or anything like that. It's the place to worship the God who loves us where we are and loves us too much to leave us where we are. So he has us on a journey. We go worship him. We take in his word. We fellowship with his people. And then the living starts when you lead the church because we are to let our light shine. And I want I want more Christians. And one of the things I'm passionate about and talk about a lot at Destiny is let's get used to being real and honest no matter what you have to be honest about. And if we'll do that, we will find that Christ is what we're looking for. He is currently in my church. I'm preaching from John chapter four, and I'm just amazed. I've known that story all my life. But Jesus intentionally said, I have to go through Samaria, not just because the geographical route was gonna take him there, but because he had a divine appointment with a woman at a well who was thirsty. And she was thirsty for more than water, so he met her at a well, and then he declared himself to be what she needed, and it changed her life. We've got to get used to being okay with being thirsty and then going to Christ and saying, I want that living water, and when it gives it to us, be prepared to let our light shine, as that lady did. She ran down off of that encounter into town and said, come see a man who told me everything I did. Now, the truth is, Jesus didn't tell her everything, but he got so in her business that she knew he knew it all, and it changed her, and I think we need to be in the business of life change. Let people come just as they are. Churches have to get away from the idea that you got to dress a certain way because the truth is we need to invite people in just as they are, but once they meet Christ and get a taste of the living water, He'll change them from the inside out. Does this lack of, we'll call it genuineness, or
2: candor uh, sometimes create a barrier then between the the church and the unchurched, and I and I ask that question because we'll hear comments sometimes from unchurched folks who will say, "Well, I don't want to go to church because they're all a bunch of hypocrites," right? Or others who say, "Well, I'd like to go to church, but you know, I, my life isn't all that uh, together right now, and and you know, I kind of feel embarrassed in front of God. So when I get my act together, then I'll start <laughs> going to church. And 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 then there's the whole subset where we hear from some of these studies done by the likes of George Barna, for example, where yes. we find out the the alarming rate of which young people come through the church, reach their late teens, early 20s, abandon the church, in greater numbers not returning, or people who say, you know what, just that whole church thing seems to be my dad's generation, my grandparents' generation, not for me. And I have to wonder if part of it is a sense of impression that people get a false impression about not only what the church is, but who God is, who Jesus is, because we're not real with ourselves, we're sure. not real with others, and people out there are searching, dealing with real problems, real issues in life that are looking for real answers, and they come back and say, well, church just seems to be kind of phony to me.
1: Yeah, and I think we should take that as a, as a rebuke and as a challenge. Let's show the world that we are not a place we're not a country club for great people we are a hospital for sick people and we have to be willing to admit that i too am a am a patient here and i'm i'm blessed to have seen a lot of progress in my life since i've been been walking with the lord but i'm not perfect i still have issues but jesus is The way, the truth, and the life, and if I keep walking with him, he has made me promises that are going to come to pass in every area of my life. And if we will be real, I'm discovering, if we'll be real with people, they will appreciate the honesty, and that, in many cases, will make them chance it. And come check us out and see if our message can apply to their lives. Is part of the message, too, the
2: understanding that there is nothing that is beyond the realm of God to heal, to restore, to renew, to revitalize? Um, and, and, I, and I ask that question because you mentioned in the previous segment about the current teaching series that you're on, Yes, the woman at the well. I, I think exemplary of maybe a mentality for a lot of us where we almost seem to be Surprised to discover that God knows it all, even though we think we're keeping this secret, this thought, this behavior, whatever in our life that stands between us and a relationship with the Lord or our spouse, our children, whatever, that we think somehow that's the one thing we don't want to let get out, quote right. unquote. Uh, failing to recognize that not only is the Lord fully aware, but fully willing and capable to come and say, let me take that from you, let me heal, let me restore, let me, let me return to you that which the locusts have eaten in your life and allow you to walk and experience full healing full restoration and
1: i wonder if we miss out on that often because they think we think we're fooling god that's right and and what that woman learned is that jesus this was not a casual encounter as i'm sure it felt to her at the beginning by the time he was saying go get your husband and she says well i don't have a husband and when he was able to say that's right you've had 5 and the guy you're with now is not your husband i'm sure she was shocked out of her mind but the good thing she learned is he doesn't know me to condemn me he knows me so that what seems like a confrontation is really a carefrontation mm. and we've got to learn that jesus knows all of us at the core in fact, he knows about us what we don't yet know about ourselves is what Peter found out in Luke 22, the night Jesus was betrayed. I've uh, per, was was betrayed. I've come to find that out in my life. I was in ministry when I made my biggest mistakes and and had my greatest failure. I'm in ministry known uh worldwide for preaching and we've got to understand that the Lord is not shocked by us. We get shocked by ourselves. But the big thing is he never comes to us merely to condemn us. If the Lord wanted us condemned, he'd have, he'd have let Jesus stay in heaven because we were doing a good job of condemning ourselves. In fact, Jesus says, after for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He goes on to say God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so we must know that our confronting God is really a care-fronting God, wants to change our lives for the better.
2: Do we need to work harder in communicating that message, Pastor Shepherd? And I ask that because there's a lot of people, perhaps eavesdropping on our conversation right now, that are disenfranchised. And by that I mean they they, they want to know God, they recognize that there seems to be something missing in their life, and yet they've been hurt by the church, or they've been hurt by the perception that God is standing in heaven with a huge fly swatter, just <laughs> right. waiting for us to get out of line before he can come along That's and right. go slap and That's knock us right. back. And we have that sense that that God is more focused on condemnation than restoration. And so as a result, that oftentimes for a lot of folks creates a huge barrier. How do we... How do we dispel that, quite frankly, life from the devil, I'll call it, Yes. and help people to better understand that, you know, sometimes the church has made mistakes. Yes. Um, sometimes there are mistakes in our perception about who God is or who the character of Jesus is. Yes. But in reality, God is not all about seeing how many people he can catch doing what
1: today and punish them as severely as possible because he takes delight in that. That's right. We've got to help the. I think we have to create a culture of honesty in not only our congregations, but in any group setting where you can get some believers together, whether it's home groups or alpha meetings or whatever it is. We must create a culture where being honest is not only acceptable, being honest is what we all but demand of each other because it is only in honesty that we can become who God has destined us to be. So I, for instance, in my local congregation, we ask the men to come together, those that, whose schedules will allow it, to come together twice a month uh, most of the time. It's twice a month. We call it men of destiny. It's simply the the men who come to our church, and I say, if you can meet me, let's do that. And we go through different books and different resources. Currently we're going through Dr. Tony Evans' Book uh, Kingdom Man. But it kind of doesn't matter which resource it is, just something that will help us get focused on God's agenda for our lives. But one of the things I've said in these meetings is there's one thing you're not allowed to do here, and that is to front you got to be honest because there's no future in fronting, there's no future in pretending, but there is transformation and life change available to people who will be honest. And so I'm loving seeing men come together, pull the the mast off cuz we can't use it in this meeting. And just tell us where you are, because that's where Jesus wants to meet you, and that's where he will change your life.
2: Pastor Paul Shepard from Destiny Christian Fellowship with us today in studio. By the way, if you appreciate what you're hearing so far, let me remind you that Pastor Paul will be featured coming up tomorrow, Saturday at 5 o'clock with a reprise of this broadcast, and then a full sermon message Sunday at 12 noon right here on KFAX. Information, by the way, about Destiny Christian Fellowship available on the web at DestinyBayArea.org. That's DestinyBayArea.org. Let's talk about the name of the church. And you've made references, as you've shared from your own life today, Pastor Paul, of that sense of God having his, his imprint on your life. We know fundamentally that God has a plan for all of us. But that sense of being destined, and as you suggest, not only in the name of your radio broadcast, but the name of the church, that that sense of destiny
1: is very intentional. Talk to me about that. Well, that's because I've really come to appreciate that we didn't start our spiritual journey, so we shouldn't expect that we are responsible for completing it. The idea in a journey is all you got to do is stay on the road, and whoever's leading the journey, follow them. That's what Jesus came to do. I I say it a lot these days. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to change lives, and his method of changing lives is I'm going to call people to follow me. That's the only thing I want them to do follow me. I don't want them to teach themselves how to be perfect because that's an exercise in futility. I don't want to teach them how to be religious. I want them to follow me. In the followership, he shows us everything. He teaches us what we need to learn as we follow him. In fact, if you're listening and you're unchurched and you've been soured by church, let me remind you, church can be a wonderful experience if you find people who are on the journey and are not trying to pretend to be what they're not. Instead, they're just on the journey with Christ. Then you'll find new life and new hope as you go to church because church is just our method of following Christ in worship, in fellowshipping with others, in learning his word, and then applying his word in our lives. And So I think that destiny theme is very important. He started out saying, I began the good work in you, Philippians 1, 6. I will bring it to completion, and all we have to do is stick with him along the way, and you will find yourself arriving at a destination you never imagined possible before.
2: So the undercurrent here is that this is not only very intentional from God's standpoint, but, uh, and, I, and I think of the fact that there are workshops and seminars and books and public speakers all designed to help people come up with a plan, Yes. figure it out, and create your own sense of whatever it is you want to do. Right. What you're suggesting is that Scripture tells us that God has a plan for us, but it's the matter of yielding yes. to that plan and His Lordship to see that come to fruition, to see the completion, as you just quoted the passage of Scripture, the completion of what He's began in us. So is the challenge here not trying to create a plan of our own, but rather coming to terms in our own relationship with the Lord, to yield to Him, to learn to trust Him enough to say, okay, God, uh, normally I'm used to, I got this. Now I'm going to say, Lord,
1: you got this. That's right. I think we've got to understand some fundamental truths. One is that the concept of self-help uh, is, I mean, that's an oxymoron. There, We can't help ourselves. The, the sooner we learn, I cannot get myself to where I really need to be. Now, sure, we can have a lot of personal pursuits, and even they can be successful, but we have to think of what Jesus said. What does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? So... The church is the place where you will find yourself pointed in the right direction, not just looking for personal fulfillment, but looking for the fulfillment of divine destiny. And God is the one who establishes that in your life, and He is the one who says, I will bring it to completion.
2: And there should be a sense of complete, utter, I think, release and 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 satisfaction in knowing that listen you talk about self help i mean in a sense uh, the the old covenant was kind of based on self help <laughs> that's true god has said okay here is the list of rules and regulations you must abide by them and of course quickly mankind demonstrated that we were totally incapable <laughs> of doing that on our own that's we right. could not help ourselves we could not save ourselves so god said i got an even better plan yes and 100% of the plan is going to be on me. Yes. I am going to provide my son. He will serve as that, that 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 sacrificial lamb without blemish or blame or sin who will be sacrificed on your behalf that in him and through him and his work on the cross, you will be able to find forgiveness and restoration, reconciliation, and walk in relationship With me. And so that whole self help plan thing kind of proved to be a disaster from the very beginning.
1: Absolutely. That's why uh, the Bible tells us that the law was a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ. When you get a full awareness of your insufficiencies through trying to live up to God's holy standard in your own power, then you're ripe to become a follower of Christ. And when we do that, that's when we will see the, the power of God made available to us. And in other words, God's strength is only made perfect, according to the Apostle Paul, in our weakness. So sometimes he has to make sure we get to the weakest moments so that we can tap into the strength and the all-sufficiency of the power of God.
2: And what a sense of joy to come to the realization that, as Scripture tells us, while we were yet sinners, yes. he died for us. That our own sense of, of self-righteousness, as Paul said, is, is filthy rags. And so that, that ability to say, wow, I can breathe a huge sigh of relief knowing that my salvation is based not on what I do, but what he already did. Yes. I just have to come to the point of yielding, and surrendering and trusting.
1: Yes. In fact, one of the ways that I try to help shape this for people as they uh, come to church is to say, listen, the plan of God for your life is much like what the GPS does when you say, here's where I want to arrive at. You put in the address and then your job is to just follow. I said, that's what it's like when you get saved. He's asking you to just follow. In fact, he puts in the destination, because you don't even know where you're going to end up. He puts in the destination, he says, you just follow my instruction. I even say, uh, we need to look at the average GPS as as a wonderful metaphor for what we learn in Christ, because at least when they first came out in in cars, you would see the screen show you the map, and then you would hear the voice. Uh, telling giving you verbal directions and I have learned that uh, that's a great metaphor for your spiritual journey because the Word of God is the map and the voice of the Holy Spirit through His word and by His Spirit speaking to you every day as you read His word, that's the voice. So all you got to do is follow. I even tell our church when we're dealing with our mess ups in in our lives, realize that when you don't take the turn the GPS told you to take, and sometimes if you're listening to music so loudly you don't hear the voice or you're in an argument in your car or whatever it is, and you don't pay attention to the instruction, you find yourself somewhere they did not tell you to go. I said, but if you'll notice, when you look at the screen, you'll see the word recalculating and the voice before long says it gives you the next set of instructions i tell them i've never heard my my uh gps voice rebuke me and 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 blow me away because I didn't listen. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've never said that. Well, since you just want to drive where you want, you just end up wherever you do. And it doesn't do that. Instead, it gives you, okay, you're where you shouldn't be, but here's how we can get you out of here. That's the way God leads us in our lives. So... If God be for us, who can be against us? He is promised to get us to the place of destiny. To the person who says, but Pastor Paul,
2: wait a minute now, wait a minute. You were raised in the church. God has had his hand on you from an early age. It could be argued that your pathway, your destiny was formed many, many years ago. I, on the other hand, I'm... I'm still looking. I'm not sure what God wants from me. I don't feel satisfaction in my career. I don't feel any sense of, of purpose in my life. I want to yield to God. I want to be able to say, hey, Lord, let me serve you. I want to be in ministry for you. But mm. I don't seem to feel any sense of direction whatsoever. I have no idea really specifically what God wants to make of me. Is that person, the person to whom you would say, you've got to get
1: back to the Word, the the word is the key, because that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. So I would encourage such a person, and I hope you're listening to us right now as Craig and I have this conversation. I hope that you will just get back to the fundamentals. If you're not a Bible reader, typically start at the Gospel of John, because that's where you hear so much from the mouth of Jesus himself. And just start reading. Find a church that won't judge you because you came in without church clothes on. Um, You come just as you are. And find people who will smile, welcome you in, teach you the Word of God. And Jesus knows that that's where your heart is, and I assure you, he is going to lead you as you just seek to follow Him. Pastor Paul Shepard with us
2: today. Again, information about his ministry, Destiny Christian Fellowship, located in Fremont, available on the web at destinybayarea.org. That's destinybayarea.org. i mentioned mention to we he has a daily broadcast right here on KFAX, heard Monday through Friday, 3.30 to 4 p.m. You can get more information about the broadcast by going to the KFAX website, kfax.com. Pastor Paul radio ministry website is simply pastorpaul.net. That's pastorpaul.net. I'll mention, by the way, if you're busy out and about, 3.30 is not a good time for you. There's a brand new app available through pastorpaul.net where you can get his daily radio ministry available on demand right into your portable device. So check that out at pastorpaul.net. You've recently written a book on the topic of parenting, specifically addressing dads, why God Created Dads. That's right. Uh, what was the passion behind writing that? I think I have a suspicion as to the answer. But when you talk about that issue, specifically of parenting, um,
1: a dad's got to be a dad. Yes. I I love the fact that there are many single parents in today's world who haven't abandoned faith just because they don't have the luxury of being a uh, part of a two-parent home where their children are being raised. Don't give up on God just cuz life throws you some curves. And so I wanted to encourage them, I wanted to strengthen people and help them understand that there is a plan and a pattern by which our homes can be well governed. And so I just thought in a in an age when a lot of women are being told just go in and have a baby with any old stranger because all you want is the baby. You don't need a husband. They're, they're unreliable and, and things like that. I just wanted to speak a little truth and say, hey, yeah, some of you have had some bad experiences. So sorry about that. But let's not throw away dads because dads are God's idea. In fact, you can't even have a baby without the help of a dad. Uh, whether you acknowledge him or not, or whether you just try to use him as a as a sperm bank. But the truth is, God created us so that it takes two people to make the baby, because in ideal circumstances, it takes two people to raise them. And even if a dad isn't in a home with, where the child's being raised, the dad needs to play a significant role. So in this book, and I hope if you don't have a copy, you'll get it on Amazon or or anywhere you can, I wrote it to just say, here's why God created dads. Here are some biblical mandates for men so that we can step up and play the role God's given us to play. If we do it, I think we can raise a great generation because God knows our children are smarter than ever, wiser than ever, but also they need more guidance than ever. And if we're not there to give them the guidance, you take kids who are smart, but they'll make dumb decisions, and they won't have any guidance along the way. So let's be the dads God's called us to be.
2: Is there also perhaps here, Pastor Paul, a huge ministry opportunity for the church in the sense that, and you alluded to this, that there are circumstances where a woman is a single parent not out of choice, but out of circumstances beyond her control. There's a recognition that God did not do this by accident he's very intentional in the role of mother and father yes he demonstrates the importance of the role of father throughout the entirety of scripture in and of himself that's right and yet in the cases where for whatever reason a young girl or a young man does not have a father present in their life is this an opportunity for mentorship within the church i think about for example the huge resource of grandparents that are out there. yes, They're done with their job. They raise their kids, (laughs) and yet here's a granddaddy who could step in and say, grandson, while your father may not be here for you, I can be here for you. Or other men within the church that would say, you know what? I would love to be a father figure to a young man and also to provide not only encouragement and direction and support for that young man's life, but also give a little bit of a break to that hardworking single-parent mom who's trying to raise kids, sometimes multiple children, work a job full-time, and all the challenges that she faces. Is this a huge ministry opportunity
1: that the church maybe has missed out on? I think it is an opportunity. We are currently in our church. We're reimagining. We're going through a, a period where we're calling it Reimagined Destiny Christian Fellowship, and we're dreaming out loud what can we do that we're not doing that will make a positive difference. And what you just raised, Craig, is probably something on the list that we need to take a look at and see if we can get people prepared to to fill in that much-needed much, um, much needed void that, that needs to be addressed because um, people don't come to church and to Christ under perfect circumstances, but I believe the body of Christ can be a resource for each other, and I think what you said, there's a lot of merit. We need to take a good look at that. I'm curious. Is that something that you feel is important from
2: time to time, that that sense of sort of taking account of where not only one is in their own life, but in the example you just cited in a church and say, okay, time to check in with God and ourselves to see, are we still in the direction that God called us to be? Are we underutilizing perhaps some resources? Are we doing all that is uh, in front of us that we can in terms of furthering the the mission of the church and certainly the the mission of the church with the big C as well as small C in terms of the local body congregation um, Destiny Christian Fellowship not all that old some people might say gee you're you're seven years old right there are churches that don't sit down to talk about where are we at check in with God and themselves fifty sixty years old until finally there's ten people left in the congregation they're all over <laughs> eighty five and they say gee maybe we've missed something here
1: yeah that's true we are we are come in fact October of 2017 will be our seventh anniversary. We're a six-plus um, year-old church, and we're we're wanting to make a difference. I've never pastored in the East Bay until this season. I spent 20 years pastoring on the Peninsula, um, 20 great years, um, and then once we launched, after I went through a period of personal restoration, uh, we launched a new church, and if the Lord. Uh, ended up putting us on in the East Bay. I was looking all over the Bay Area. Okay, where are we going to start this church? And I had a, a large search grid, but the Lord just closed doors everywhere else except in Fremont, and I rent. I was able to lease a, um, a, a facility that was not a church. It was an industrial building and create a worship center out of it. We're now purchasing that and uh, so i'm in the east bay and i'm trying to i'm trying to find out what do we need to do with the people not only around us but we are also a commuter church people driving in from from cities throughout northern california and i think all churches not just mine but all churches need to reimagine how can we do what we've never done for instance I am trying to learn what it means to reach millennials. I I am so shocked as I'm learning how different the generations are. We currently have six living generations in America today. Researchers tell them they identify them as six different generations. You have the people born uh, from 1900 to 1925, they're one generation, then 1926 to 1944, another generation, and then, you know, you just have the baby boomers, my generation, people born from 45, 46 to 1964. I'm in that generation. But there are three generations after mine. Uh, we called them Generation X. Baby, boom, uh, baby boomers came along then, the three generations, Generation X. And now you've got millennials. And there's even an, an emerging generation after the millennials that's still forming. Um, And some people are calling them Generation Z. I want to learn how to reach them. They don't think like we do. They don't have instincts like we had. And we got to figure out how to reach them because God loves them just like he loved us. And if we will pray hard, work hard, and talk to the generations coming along, I think the Lord will help us to make a positive difference in their lives. Do
2: you find the challenges also? Because you mentioned about the fact that the church for a while there you were kind of nomads. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I think over the over the course of the first four or five years of your existence, you were at a different location virtually every week yeah, every from the Peninsula, week. South Bay, uh, in the East Bay as well. Until the Lord opened the door for your current beautiful facility in Fremont. Uh, by the way, for listeners, you're located at forty two three twenty six Albray Street. Yes. In the city of Fremont, conveniently right off the 880 freeway, and you can get complete information along with directions online at destinybayarea.org. That's destinybayarea.org. But finally settling in the East Bay in Fremont, not only is it a challenge as it would be for any church in terms of learning how to reach multiplicity of generations whose thinking is different from year to year, whose means of communication is mm-hmm. is different from generation to generation. But then you add to it the complexity that the community in the East Bay, like Fremont, is kind of like the United Nations. Yes, it is. You've got everything there from a large Asian population, a large Latino population. Uh, so is there ways in which the church also needs to be thinking about how can we be most effective at what used to be the mission field sending folks overseas, now right. is the mission field
1: sending folks to the neighbor next door. That's right. And I want to learn how to reach these populations. Someone recently told me that the largest group of Afghan, of the Afghan population outside of Afghanistan, is actually here in Northern California. I was shocked to hear that. And uh, that tells me we can't just assume, well, they're probably Muslim by background, so they wouldn't really care about what we have. We have good news for everybody. It's not just for certain people. And so I've got to find ways how can we let them know uh, that Jesus loves them and has a plan for their lives and so we've really got to be bold these days and let our light shine, because Jesus left us in the world as the light he first the Bible says, "He is the light of the world," and then when in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, "You are the light of the world, and you are the salt of the earth." So I think we need to be prayerful that the Lord will send us to such populations with the
2: good news of Jesus. Pastor Paul Shepherd. he, of course, is speaker on the Destined for Victory broadcast. Heard weekday afternoons at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. And you can learn more about the radio ministry, get podcasts, resources. We talked about one of Pastor Paul's most recent books, Why God Created Dads. That and other resources available through the website pastorpaul.net. That's pastorpaul.net. And again, if you'd like to get more information, maybe drop by and visit the church on Sunday. Services at 8.30 and 11 a.m. and Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. Destiny Christian Fellowship meets at 42326 Albrey Street in Fremont, conveniently right off the 880 Freeway. Details again on the web at destinybayarea.org. That's destinybayarea.org. You began, as we mentioned, seven years ago with a small group of of folks planted this new church. It is growing by leaps and bounds, and you've got a beautiful new facility there, as we mentioned a moment ago. Folks come, and they say, okay— Give me a sense. What's the flavor of the church? If if you had to have that 30-second elevator conversation, as they say, with someone and said, Pastor Paul, tell me about your church, how would you describe Destiny Christian Fellowship?
1: Well, I'm letting them know that we are a church for all people. We're our uh, largest group in terms of demographics is African-American, but I'm so grateful that I pastor people. Uh, from various cultural groups, because really the church isn't about culture. The church is about the kingdom, and the kingdom's made up of everybody who follows Christ. And so we are growing. I want to grow more and more diverse in terms of uh, cultures, but we are a church for all people. Come as you are. We worship. You can dress up or you can dress casually, and we really want people to find Jesus in a meaningful By the way, if you don't have anywhere you plan to be Easter Sunday, uh, come and join us because my guest that day is going to be a WNBA uh, star. She just retired. Uh, Tamika Ketchings is her name. She played her whole WNBA career in Indiana. She has four gold medals, including this last Olympics 2016. She and the women's team from the USA won the gold medal. And she's a believer. And I'm going to be talking about how you can start out in life being bullied as she was because she had significant loss of hearing since birth. She was bullied because of the apparatus she had in her ear. But she grew to find Jesus, and she found out that if God be for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. Come learn more about her testimony. Bring some young people, especially young people these days who are being bullied on social media whatever. They're going to hear a word of hope. Join us on Easter Sunday or any Sunday. You're welcome at Destiny.
2: And certainly they can sample your preaching. As we mentioned, we'll hear a complete sermon by Pastor Paul Shepard coming up Sunday at twelve noon right here on KFAX. And you can get samples throughout the week on Destined for Victory at three thirty PM each Monday through Friday on KFAX. But if you had to describe your your approach yes. uh behind the pulpit, people say, well, some pastors like to tell a lot of stories. Others will get really deep into Scripture. Where, where do you fit on that continuum?
1: I take the truths of Scripture, and I make sure they are applied in a timely way, because truth is timeless, but preaching needs to be timely. And so I do a lot of work to take what could be difficult as you study Scripture and make sure it sounds easy. I I go uh, with with uh, preachers who say, we've got to take the truth and put it down where the kids can get them, put them within reach of the kids. And if you can do that, then everybody will understand the message. And that's when you come to Destiny. I will make sure you not only aren't bored, but I'll make sure that the message is something you can understand, even if you don't come from a church background.
2: Is contextualizing as you preach from God's Word, or is somebody studies God's Word, for that matter, is that important? And I ask that question because… We have the whole council, 66 books, Genesis to Revelation. And I think to myself, you know, as a young believer, I would get bogged down in things like genealogy or think, (laughs) well, this Leviticus stuff is kind of interesting. (laughs) I don't know how it applies to me, but it's kind of interesting. And and you wonder, well – Is it by accident that all of that counsel is in there? Or if we look at canon scripture, can we say God was very intentional at leaving the totality of scripture there and that every jot and tittle, in fact, um, can teach us something about daily living, our relationships with God, our relationships with others. And so in in terms of, of contextualizing scripture and then looking at the practical application from Genesis to the end of Revelation. Is it all in there on
1: purpose? I think it is. The Lord wanted to give us the history of redemption as well as the truth of redemption. And so he starts us literally from the beginning of mankind and walks us all the way through. And I tell people, if you're new, start at the gospel of John read through the new testament so that you get a good grasp on the covenant that we currently live under the new covenant but don't abandon the fact that there is truth in the in the old testament in fact Paul was very clear when he wrote and he said that the old testament has important truths that we need to learn so that we can see how good our God was when he brought us to the place where Jesus came to save us from our sins. So, yeah, take a journey in the scriptures. Don't abandon any part of it, the parts you don't know. Um, study to show yourself approved. Hopefully you go to a church where your pastor is committed and the and the teachers in that church. And I think it will all speak to us because every book, as you just said, Craig, is there for a reason.
2: And I would imagine, too, God enables us to have a better appreciation of what it means to experience his grace yes. if we understand in context what that grace means. Grace is not as amazing if you don't have the context of the law behind it. It's one thing to say, bless
1: God, I'm saved, but <laughs> saved from what? That's right. That is so true. And we need to learn exactly what God was doing when he first the bible says Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world and the only way you'll come to know how significant that is is to see what happened leading to his coming to earth and we you you get a good idea from the old testament of our need for salvation you get a good idea of how the Lord prophesied to us hundreds of years before Christ comes. You find, for instance, the prophet Isaiah making very specific statements about who Jesus was so that we would recognize him when he got here. And we knew exactly who Jesus was because he was prophesied well in the Old Testament. The book is just full of wonderful truths, and you'll enjoy it if you spend time in God's Word. Final question today for those listening that say,
2: you know, I've strayed from the Lord and I'm not quite sure totally how to get back. I I feel embarrassed by the fact that I've known better and yet I've allowed myself to stray. And others that might say... You know, I'm not so sure about all this Christianity business, and and I've been reading Scripture a little bit. and I've got a friend who's been talking to me about Jesus, and and, um, I don't know. I thought I kind of accidentally found this radio broadcast today. But I, I'm, I'd like to know, how do I start this relationship? For those individuals, what would you say to them listening right now?
1: I would say the good news is Jesus came for people like you. He, You know, unfortunately, in certain religious circles, people show you their consternation when you're at your lowest. But Jesus, that's when he shows you his love. And he would love to bring you into a meaningful relationship. With himself, And all you've got to do is say to him, Lord, here's where I am. You know what's going on in my life, and I want you to lead me from here. I'm open to you. Speak to me through your word. Send me to the right person, the right church, that I can get to know who you are. And he will lead you in a path that will result in total transformation by the power of God. As you've heard in our
2: conversation today, studying of God's word... Being in a solid Bible teaching church is critically important to the growth of your relationship with the Lord. If you're looking for a church home, let me suggest that you can check out Destiny Christian Fellowship any Sunday. Information online at destinybayarea.org That's destinybayarea.org The church by the way meets in Fremont Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m. And then there's also a Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. Information on the web at destiny Bay Area dot O-R-G. If you're someone who loves to go deeper in God's word, and I suspect by listening to a radio station like this, that in fact describes you, then we invite you to tune in to the Destined for Victory radio broadcast with Pastor Paul Shepard. Heard Monday through Fridays at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. More information about the broadcast as well as some resources available through Pastor Paul's website. It's easy. PastorPaul.net That's Paul. Dot net. Pastor Paul Shepard,
1: thanks so much for the time today. Thanks, Craig. Always a joy to be with you. Thank you for listening to the KFAX Ministry of the Week. More information about this week's highlighted ministry is available at kfax.com. Until next time, God bless